Hi friends, welcome back. My guests today are Johnny and Yusuf from propanefitness.com and it is the big two zero zero. That's right, the double century not out for modern wisdom. Thank you to everyone who has tuned in. There are some of you that have been here right since episode one back at the beginning of 2018. And to you, you deserve some form of bravery medal for putting up with a few hundred hours of me talking. But we asked for questions on our Instagrams and we got some absolute perlers. So you'll get to hear us answer what is the meaning of life? What is the most significant moment we've ever encountered on a podcast? Uh, would you rather bum your mum or your dad? It's the full gamut, right? It runs the, the entire spectrum of, <laughs> of questions today. Uh, I miss the boys, you know. I miss I miss recording with Dean and, and Yusuf and Johnny in my house. Like, it's fun or whatever, being able to get these episodes done over Skype, but it's not the same. Um, so I'm really looking forward to lockdown lifting so that we can get some stuff done in person and... Yeah, it'll it'll be fun. This was this was good, but I just I miss I miss doing it properly. Um, we've got Daniel Sloss in my ear and Rory Sutherland chatting away to a bunch of different people that I'd love to speak to in person, but I'm terrified that I'm going to get a criminal record if I do it. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But again, thank you everyone who tunes in. I love you all the bits. You are my weird, fucked up, curious little family, and I could not be happier that you are here with me. But for now. It's time for the wise and wonderful Johnny and Yusuf. It's episode 200! Woo! Big 200. 200. I think it's been 200 episodes of this podcast, man. How many hours have you spoken on a podcast, Chris, now? At least 300, probably. Probably closer to 400, isn't it? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe th- probably about bang on three, I guess. But I'm thinking, like, if you have a... The, the edited file is the trimmed-down version a lot of the time, isn't it? Or is it not for you? Never, you, I never, never touch it, man. Never play around with it. But then, full I guess... Ball. With, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neat. Neat. <laughs> it's, it's the equivalent of ordering a steak blue. <laughs> Oh, uh, Straight, no frills, no filters. Yeah, Just exactly. Pure, unfiltered, Chris. That's what it is, man. So yes, today we are doing episode two hundred uh, Q and A's between my Instagram and the Propane Instagram account. We have a lot of questions, varying degrees of seriousness and uh, full spectrum, really. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, really. Some truly really. heartfelt ones, and then some just like, would you rather bum your mum or your dad? I think like, spectrum okay. is probably the Operative the word of word the day for them. Um, where should we start with? Well, there's there's one. How much editing do you do? Do you ever cut out parts of the conversation from Jennifer Lons? Never ever cut the episode. The only times that that happens is if there's a connection dropout or if someone says something libelous that's like <laughs> like a, a litigating nightmare. Um, which essentially doesn't happen. I just don't want to get... What would be an example? You don't have to say what it is, but what what could someone say on a podcast where someone might get a bit bit litigious? If someone doxed someone, if someone said where someone lived or where Uh, someone worked or uh, like a celebrity's real name or something like that, like the email address or website that someone like works out of or whatever it might be. 
Have you ever ditched an episode entirely? Uh, so in 200 episodes, I've got rid of five. Uh, added another one to the list the other week, um, which so is pretty pretty fucking good. Like a a two percent failure rate. We've With ditched two out of, out of two hundred and fifty. That's good, man. I know what one of those is. So they were just to spare the the guest. Yeah, because I just don't think the guest came across very well. It's so the same like, as mine. It's it's always like this just isn't going to add much to the audience. You gotta have faith that they're going to enjoy whatever you put out. But yeah, that was a uh, that was good, right? You got you got one. You got a top top question. Good one. Let's have a look. So <clears throat> let's ignore Tim Garrett's. Sorry, Tim. That's one for the propane one. Um, Lil Mac Daddy says, "What are the best and worst experiences you've had?" And what changed your lives positively? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a... Big question, though, isn't it? Yeah. Big old question. Best and worst experiences. Yeah, these really are existential, aren't they? Should we let that one marinate? Yeah, let's let that one marinate. I've got one here that says, Does your tash tickle? Uh, By Sarah Jane Chamberlain one. Your left or your right tash tickle? <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> that's highbrow. That that's brilliant. I'm I'm having a little bit of digestive discomfort because we went out for dinner last night. We stopped eating about fourteen hours ago, and I'm still full. You did order a lot of food, Chris. Yeah, I know, but it was our first. It was the first meal we'd had in like four months. Not it was Chris's house. question of. What what does the Guinness Steak Award winning pie come with? And she was like, pie and carrots. And you're like, I'll have some garlic bread as well, please. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't come with pasta. It doesn't come with a side of pasta. Of no. another dish. Uh, okay. Or pizza. Good. There's no pizza. And with the it. Rocky Road cheesecake. Please. Rocky Road cheesecake with rum and raisin uh, ice, cream ice cream. Was legit. Um, this is my worst experience today. What's that? This is a parking penalty notice. Not parking, <laughs> speeding. speeding. I bet that you're going to somehow say. It was the fault it was of the... Fault. Yeah. No, it was my fault. Like, it was, it was the 34 in a 30 zone. Oh, speed awareness. Speed, I'm going to do speed awareness. Waste of a day, I but... hate speed awareness, man. Oh, yeah. It's very <laughs> circular. Patronising, circular. Is, your, is a day of your life worth £100, yes or no? That's the thing, isn't it? But it's the... I've been advised because of the premium... Insurance. To just... I think yeah. you still have to declare it. You Apparently, you no longer you need don't. to... You don't declare that you've done a speed awareness course. That's the risk you're willing to take. Then. I did. So I did declare that I'd done that thing as like I'd put down 30 miles an hour and then put in the notes speed awareness. And it turned out I'd been paying higher premiums for two years when I didn't need to. So there's a life hack for you. If you've been popped for speeding, done the speed awareness course, it doesn't go on your insurance document however that is not legal advice and we are not your solicitor we are not lawyers we are when not. i went on one there was a guy at the front who just was just the contrarian who just answered the obviously the wrong question and when someone does that they have to circle back around over the material and cover it again is that because he so was I, just not getting it or he was trying to be a i think willy- part part of it was like they they asked the question and everyone in the room apart from one guy had submitted their answer and they were like because it's all anonymized and this guy at the front went like and then just press the wrong button. So it was like, I understand. I understand that speeding can be dangerous. 
19 out of 20 people, yes, I understand. One person, no, I don't agree. Like, Just making the day slower here for everyone. We go. Like, here we go. Here we go. That's what you got to look forward to, man. Yeah, you're, you're going to hate it. We, we'll check back in. Once you've done your speed awareness course, we'll check back in. It's fine. What I'm going to do is paint eyelids, paint eyes on my eyelids. <laughs> Indiana Jones style. That's love you, isn't it, when that happens? That would be. That would also be quite quite enjoyable. Um, Mike O'Keefe, how you got into club promoting slash running events. So I was skint during the just after Freshers Week and I sat down next to my then would-be business partner in my first ever seminar and we uh, I just said, mate, I've spent all my money in Freshers Week. And he's like, oh, I used to work for this company in Leeds. You should come to this thing. I can get a, get you a job flyering. We started flyering. We were flyering partners, then became like hall managers, then event managers, then junior event, then senior event, then uh, got my first franchise when... I was 19 in between first and second year, and that was carnage. And it kind of has just been controlled falling down a big set of stairs uh, from then. So that's kind of how it's done. We've got another one here from Mikey McKay Lag 5. How can I get rid of my nihilism? Wow. Well, it's a nihilistic question, so I want to get rid (laughs) of your nihilism. Maybe just embrace it. Is it? I think it's quite proactive and, and uh... listen to <laughs> listen to episode one eight nine between me and Kyle Eschenroder, uh, working out what do you want to want in life. That will help to get rid of nihilism. What have you learned from podcasting? Festim ninety six. Fucking hell! What have you guys learned within the last month from a podcast? Um. It's probably the best way to communicate with an audience, I think. I think it's because people listen to podcasting when they are like doing something otherwise quite manual and want something interesting or ent- entertaining. And so, like, you usually have quite a bit of their attention. So, as a, as a communication form content that yeah. they would never otherwise consume. Mm. So, Johnny said the other day that podcasts is a conversion tool rather than a traffic tool. And I'm really coming around to that idea that people people see podcasting as a surrogate for having friends. And it's a way to really build a relationship with someone who's already in your audience. But because it's not a very social platform, it's not something that's immediately shareable. It's really for people who are already aware of you, but want to go into the deepest. Yeah, it's it's challenging to grow an audience on a podcast because it naturally there's no virality the short form stuff doesn't there's no trending on like apple podcasts or on spotify Mm. or whatever which Mm -hmm. inevitably makes it hard but yeah you're right the depth of connection that you end up getting with people i mean that latent leverage thing that you guys see whenever we whenever you guys come on you always get tons of people that want to start working with you because they buy into the effort that you've put in coming on to the show and this sort of stuff and then the launch of that email list the other week for me was exactly the same you've got this latent leverage that's mm. been in there. Um, it's the only thing that like of anything we do is the only thing where people will like, when you speak to them, they remember something you said on a podcast, like a hundred episodes ago, or they remember like a private joke or a comment you made. And you don't get, we don't get that on any other content method. Mm. So I think it does just, it's a way of almost, as Yusuf says, like you build you build friendships with people almost virtually, or like people know a lot about you and you know nothing about them. That's a, that's which, a scary thing, man. Mm. 
there's such an asymmetry. Which which like kind of makes you feel a bit guilty. You kind of a bit like, well, I, can you please record three hundred hours of content and send <clears> it to me so that I can then be as up to date on you as you are on me? Then let's move forward. Mm. So it happens a lot with my flatmate where I'll say something and he'll be like, oh yeah, I know. Like, I've not told you this, but he was like, oh no, it was on episode one two seven of the Modern Wisdom and episode fifty three of the Propane podcast. You're like, Fuck. right? Or like, I'll come out into the living room and I hear my voice on double speed. As I walk past, I'm like, <laughs> nice. There was something. There was one one thing that once happened. This was when I was still working as an accountant. When I was, um, sat in a in a bill in a room in a, like a presentation in Leeds, and I could see someone two rows in front of me, like get their phone out and then like close an app, and the app was the Propane Fitness Podcast on on Apple Podcasts. And I was just like, that's so you, weird. You know, man. you just like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Please, please, no, no photos, no photos. No big glasses and a massive hat on. <laughs> but it's it's also the feeling of like when someone says, oh, "I've listened to your podcast," I always think like, "Fuck, like what have I?" It's almost like someone's read my read a journal because mm. you think like something I thought two months ago, I probably really thought at the time, but I can't really remember what can't it was. Can't even that I recall said. what it was now. I mean, can't. there was someone who was decorating his house had said that he'd put. He basically created a playlist of every Modern Wisdom episode from one to whatever it was, 180, and had just started watching them and highlighted that between, I think it's episode Life Hacks 101 and Life Hacks 102, we change T-shirts, but the camera doesn't change position and neither does the lamp on the table. Wow, that is an absolute sleuth. Because I told you guys to bring a change of clothes so that we could get two episodes out of one session, but we didn't move enough of the scene so uh, he was like, uh, I just continuity, wondered, please. I just, yeah, I just wondered if uh, actually that was recorded in one session rather than two. I was like, holy fucking shit! That was two thousand and eight, like January two thousand and eighteen, and we did the pilot. We did the pilot episode in uh, like July two thousand and seventeen. He must have been the man who spotted the the vacuum cleaner on "Don't Fuck with Cats" and was like. That vacuum cleaner is manufactured it's in Florida and actually, Ohio. Yeah, it's the, the components are produced in Sweden and they're imported <laughs> via a Chinese manufacturing company. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell, man. Uh, top three favorite podcasts you've recorded. Um, with you guys, I think the How to Survive University episode is wildly underrated. That was a banger. So, so good. I cannot remember anything of what I said on that episode you, at all. Do you know what the advantage is? It's all recorded and it's I on the internet. I just got to listen to it, can't I? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just jog your memory. Brilliant. You don't even need to remember anything, do you? You just do loads of podcasts. Always. Always. Like that Connor Murphy guy, just live stream your life and then you'll never need to remember what <laughs> you did. Right, you? Yeah, if you forget where you put something, it doesn't matter. Just go back to when you last had it on the live stream. <laughs> put it up. Um, yeah, how to, how to Survive University. We've done... Here's one thing I've been thinking. I feel like we blew our load pretty early on a lot of mint topics like the relationship series 101 to 104 was great how to survive university was great our confidence episode that me and you did yusuf when johnny was on holiday was episode 13 and it was yeah amazing, that was an old one amazing episode just two of us but now it's like orders of magnitude like a thousand times more people listen and so if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, all of this sounds quite good, I, I could do it a little bit more Johnny and Yusuf, there's fucking tons in the mm. back catalogue. So get into the get into the 20s and the 30s and the 40s and crack crack some of them out. I mean, to be honest, if you want more Johnny and Yusuf, 
like we do have our own podcast as well with yes. 250 episodes podcasts true podcasts. one fitness one business yes podcasts i think How, my um... favorite modern wisdom moment that i've been on was when well two things actually <laughs> you said just sat with bated breath well you know because he, he knows it's about <laughs> him <laughs> it's, the, so my my favorite bit i i edited into one of our videos yesterday which i'll mention in a second but okay What's so yours? It's when Yusef talks about how he used to arbitrage batteries. <laughs> and that's uh, <laughs> how, you know, like, oh, no, don't go to the petrol station. Come to me. I'll get you a good price. I'll give you a good so price. That was one of them. Second one is when Yusef told uh, Chris and I that his laptop was was custom made for MacBooks. Oh, his laptop and a, bag. And yeah, that's it. Yeah. And Chris and I, in fact, I've got a third one. And then Chris and I just ex- exchanged this glance off camera as Yusuf was explaining. <laughs> Burst out laughing and then Yusuf was sat there like, what are you laughing at? What, what, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Is it the condoms? Is it the croissants? Is it, yeah, is it the condoms? <laughs> oh, the croissants? God. Um, third one was Yusuf doing, Yusuf talking about the jaw position in and out, in or out. Yeah, and doing, <laughs> what, what is, you were like, why did we talk about that? We were talking about like, prognathia and retrognathia and the surgery required to to do each one of them. So <laughs> then you go, Yusuf goes like, and like looks at each of us, yeah. and then yeah. it's because VGD was there with his high def five K camera, losing it behind it was, the camera. Yeah, just losing his shit. <laughs> That's another element that no one ever gets to see: the fact that behind the lens, however funny we find something, Dean needs to find it equally funny but be silent. So it's one of my favorite things about the whole thing. Yeah. It's watching Dean do... is a, it's an absolute ninja as well. He manages to just Yeah. Like... Well the funniest I'm gonna have to take my headphones off here to do this, but it's when he does like a Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a ninja warrior style hurdle he, he's got, over he's got all it of down the... to like spinal reflex level of just <laughs> Yeah, it's like a cat. Mm. You know, when you watch a cat go slowly down, yeah. I think someone recorded a like an experiment where they lined up thousands of dominoes in their hallway <laughs> and they've got a cat and a dog and they filmed it from the other side where the, the cat like traverses the hallway <clears throat> and manages to like really carefully just step over everything. And then the dog just like wades in. <laughs> uh, what, what did you say was one of your favorite bits, Seth? What were you talking So about? it's the bit that I edited into our new channel trailer, which is when it's without the sound, but it's what I say when you're in a nightclub in the toilets, you should be protecting your penis from your hands. And Chris went full ragdoll. Oh my God. Yeah. It made me go floppy. It made my entire body go flaccid. It was so funny. You should, there's, there's an argument to be made that you should be protecting your penis from your hands. And it made every part. Johnny's of me, like, exactly. That's totally valid. It made every bit of me just go totally flaccid. Um, it's I, the delay as well. There was just a bit of silence, and then it just. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Um, so, how to survive university and relationships are both sick ones with you guys. Other episodes I've done recently that were great. Kyle Eschenroder, this uh, how to work out what you want to want is it's so good. Daniel Schmachtenberger was insane as well. They're, those are quite deep. Great, great name. Quite deep. Yeah. Yeah, amazing name. Uh, what else we got? What is your biggest lesson from 200 podcasts? <sighs> Jesus. Um, your competitive advantage is 
determined by being authentic to who you truly are. No one can beat you at being you, basically. That the closer that you are to being whatever is most comes most naturally, yeah, you need to make yourself better and augment your existing capacities. But your particular um, amalgamation of life experiences and traumas and predispositions and where you brought up and the fact you're an only child or someone that's Arab or someone that's got a 300 kilo deadlift or, you know what I mean? All of those things <laughs> like that, but they are, they genuinely are the uniqueness that you have that is your competitive advantage. So I think that's, that's a fairly big one. How so that, that's a big lesson from um, the four hour, four hour chef as well, where he talks about if you're going to be in the top 1% of anything or the top 0.1% of anything to be able to have this competitive advantage that requires such a disproportionate amount of effort. But actually, if instead you're in the top 5% of four things, you've got this intersection where you're this unique combination and you don't have to compete with anyone because it's a total blue ocean. So I like that. The only problem is that a lot of the time it's hard. Many diluting yourself across multiple different domains that don't enhance each other actually that, end up spreading key. yourself too thin so they like, have to be things that do like have a some kind of you can so, do desserts and patisserie <clears throat> and cocktails and food as opposed well, so, to yeah and like getting to the top five percent is you know 80 percent of the work and then getting to the final or sorry it's 20 percent of the work and getting the final one percent is 80 yeah. percent remaining whereas like getting to the top like getting published papers in nature and like going hard in like academia or hard in like competitive swimming or something like that mm. it's such a grind and it's required it's like, much uh, more sacrifice i think I, I i agree with both of you that easier to get in the top five percent but there's an example of like if you yourself were a top five percent pastry chef and you were also like a doctor and had all these other things like the fact that you're a pastry chef doesn't really help anything like all of the what, other what, things don't what, help the, the pastry what chef. i'm talking about this in terms of is like seo facebook ads content marketing oh, right. uh, and then if you become like a full stack entrepreneur Mm. you're going to have much more synergy than if you just become like an absolute beast at SEO and nothing thing. else. Yeah, fair, yeah. fair enough. Uh, how uh, did you start your podcasts and what is your purpose in the long run? Uh, uh, just one second. Yeah. My lesson. Yes. You didn't ask us a question. Sorry. I had a lesson all ready to go. Hit me. And now, I was gonna, now everyone's like, oh, fuck, I bet Johnny's got a really good point here. It's going to be good, yeah. But it's going to be good. Just that, we speak to a lot of people who like don't start something because they think they're going to be shit at it. And I think, like, go and look at, go and listen to, in fact, they, they may not even be on the internet anymore because they were so bad, but our first podcasts are horrendous. We've taken them off. Have we taken them off? Bad bumped off? It was really shit, yeah. Like, done on, like, an old MacBook yeah. microphone. Um, on a like Skype. I mean, he uses Skype to, to do these sorts of episodes and then uh, and like no editing or anything like that. And then go and watch Chris Chris's first podcast appearance on our podcast called Chris Fit. Is it called Chris the, Fit? The, the, Love yeah, Island, the Love Island in the one. office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And they compare Chris on that episode to Chris now. And people are like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to start a podcast or. I really want to do a YouTube channel, but I can't because I'm shit. I really want to do whatever, but I'll be shit. I'm not as good as people who've done 200 episodes. Well, like, obviously not. <laughs> like, there's no way to get better at something like this without just accepting that you are going to be really bad at it in the very beginning. That's a really fantastic takeaway. And the other thing as well is that, like, if you're, 
if you're waiting until you feel like you're ready, you're going to be waiting forever. I know it's a bit of a cliche, like Instagram quote thing, but it, it is the truth. Um, and if it's something that you think that you're going to enjoy, you're not going to lose anything by trying it in any case, right? Mm. Um, we, we say this all the time, like you can either be, in a year's time, you can either have moved your fitness business online and have a load of lessons as a result of that, or in a year's time still be thinking, wouldn't it be a good idea to move my fitness business online? Like, which is better in those situations? Absolutely. Like, and like the, the market is the best form of feedback as well. So even mm-hmm. if you put stuff out there and you don't think it's great, if it takes off, you're obviously doing something right. And if it doesn't, you're going to get feedback as to what is the better way to go about this. Yeah. Like you must have episodes, Chris, where, they, where you've done them and you must think like, this is going to be like, this is the one. And it maybe does not as good as you expect. And then the opposite. Absolutely, I'm, man. Well, it's, yeah. it's every episode with, with us guys. Or I'm like, I can get some huge Ben Greenfield or Aubrey Marcus or Derek Sivers or something like that, and it'll perform well, but I'll get more messages about a catch-up episode where we discuss Yusuf's new B-Day, like Shatafa B-Day or something, you know? <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's what really sort of seems to resonate with people. And uh, I don't know, it's... You can't... You Genuinely, with content creation, you just haven't got a clue what's going to land sometimes. Mm. You've got an inkling. Oh, of course. <laughs> but, like, you've, you've, your top-watched video, which everyone should go and check out on the Propane Fitness YouTube channel, um, what I learned from six months of sleeping on the floor or whatever it is. And it's like... That, totally that, unpredictable. Yeah. Like, there's no reason that that should have done well. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great thing to take away. If you are considering starting a... Uh, whatever a blog a vlog a youtube channel a podcast whatever it might be crack on like just go and do it and learn um i think i had one about uh someone had asked it somewhere down here about how do i set up or what's the particular setup for the podcast um this one the current setup is two newer led panel lights um a logitech c220x webcam this is a Shure SM7B into a cloud lifter into an Audient ID14 recording into GarageBand. Then Orphonic masters it. Like, that's it. That's how I make the podcast. But you can make all of this with the webcam on your laptop and a Blue Yeti, which is 100 quid, and you will get 90% of the quality that you need if you can sit in front of a big window. That's it. And yeah. That's it. And, and Well, you- I... What I'm worried about though, Chris, is is the I've got the like we've got all of the production quality, like we've got the lighting, the like and all that sort of stuff. And we've got the files like produced to almost like a radio station standard. It's the cost of the hosting them that I'm concerned. <laughs> Mate, do you think I'm a do you think I'm a fucking prick? How much does it cost to put something on that's already been recorded on the internet? Do you I think I'm so a fucking prick? That. That would be my favourite moment ever of modern Muslim history actually, if we had that on video. Actually, <laughs> and the, the audio had gone, wasn't it? Um, basically, we did a live podcast for a very big radio company a year ago and got invited in by people that do this professionally for a living for decades because the CEO of that company listens to the show and really likes it. And one of the guys asked... Uh, yeah, what, what what I'd quite like to know is, um, let's say that we've recorded everything in the studio. We've got we've got the content down. Obviously, it's mixed and mastered. Um, and what I want to know is, what's the sort of cost, you know, m- monetarily, uh, to the aforementioned um, uh, 
pertaining to the upload of the file to the distributor of the RSS feed, do, uh, what's the sort of cost? Uh, and Yusuf internally took massive offence to that question. <laughs> I, I had a bit of an internal hemorrhage. Just... You could see him, like you could see him sort of lean forward as he was coming at the end of his crash, and you're thinking, "Oh, shit. Gonna... is he go- is he going to fight this man?" <laughs> <laughs> like, just to clarify, sir, you were saying you've done all of the work required to have a show ready to go, and you're looking to just also repurpose it online, and your concern is the hosting cost of £13 a month as the largest radio station in the UK. I have to justify it to my boss, you know, we've got a host on the internet. How much is that going to cost? It used to be so well, 10 maybe £20 a month. So, Do you think I'm a fucking prick? <laughs> Gee, that was... Like, if we, we three random guys have done this, I'm sure you can justify an the entire tech team behind huge radio stations can also do it. Uh, we have so many to do. And we're already half an hour in. Right, let's <laughs> let's go. Let's go a little bit more quick fire. I'd be interested to know your best movie and documentary recommendations. So, a movie and a documentary you've watched recently that you've enjoyed. Uh, one I've enjoyed is The Staircase on Netflix. I was telling you guys about it last night over dinner. Pretty good. Uh, and movie favorite movie of all time is Interstellar. Just fucking epic and so good. Johnny, what question this is? Uh, the Pistorius one. Yeah, it's a documentary. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, favorite movie recently would be The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie. Tremendous film. Probably. Not very serious. I always say Fight Club to that, but that's become like the thing to say, hasn't it? I feel like people say Fight Club and they don't really know why. It's just because well, Brad Pitt's really lean in it and it's got Ed Norton in, so I'll say Fight Club. Do you think as well, like, after a little bit of time, it, it diminish it, the diminishing returns because you've watched it so much and you almost fall out of love with it? So after 10 times of watching anything, it's just not that good anymore? Yeah, I, I've tried rewatching Fight Club in the past, like, couple of years and it's, it, it doesn't, I don't get anything out of it at all, which is a real shame. But yeah, Oscar Pistorius on Amazon. Excuse me, I'm the gentleman. Cool. Seth? I've seen about three films in my life, and one of them is Fight Club. So, Fight Club. so I'm not the one. I've seen Interstellar, actually. It was on a first date, um, and it was with someone who actually also wasn't into films, but we both thought that that was oh, like the I... thing that you're supposed to do is like, oh, we go to a film. Go to and a three-hour like, sci-fi yeah, epic. <laughs> we're talking about like space-time and like some big, pretty big topics. Yeah. Yeah. Was... Uh, like oh, big, big themes. Big Another shit. film, actually. Parasite, the one I got, I told you guys about. Korean, the one that's subtitled. Fantastic. Oh, that's that's on my list. Whoa, whoa! Lift that box up again. What did, box? It, it looked like you picked up an AirPods Pro box. It did look exactly like that. No, it's just my wired ones. What did you just have in your hand? Circle back round. What did you just had? You had something in your hand. <clears> an <throat> AirPods Pro box. It's got mirror, phone. Earphones and we've rec- we've got this on video. Just you so think he's you- having us on. Just, I think he's having us on. Just just so you know, so you know, I've got this on video, and I can go back and see if you've secretly bought AirPod Pros. You definitely. Well, you see, I've secretly got like a 
right. adapter Look, and stuff. Johnny, but... Johnny, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We'll go back and we'll analyze the... Everyone that's listening, can you just rewind by about 30 seconds and see if Yusuf picks up a fucking... If you've bought AirPod Pros and not... As talk... if... if you've bought them, his connection's going as well. He's pressed the, he's pressed the button. Imagine the hit to my... What? He's pressed the... Imagine the hit to my ego. Oh, you said What's happened? Yusuf, now, now what? Press the button. You've pressed the button that means that your connection drops out, so that me and Johnny can stop interrogating you about you. Oh, uh, he's got like a jammer. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. It's, it's. Do you know who it is? It's it's the large (laughs) farmer. The very large farmer is coming in. Right. Right. Moving on. Um, so David McIntosh Jr. asked, um, he elaborated on this in my DMs, um, how to control phone usage in, uh, in physical spaces. So distance is one of them. Just add friction. So only use your phone when you're standing up. Keep your phone outside of your bedroom. Sleep with it outside of your bedroom. Um, I think. Do one of you guys use a box? Oh, it's Jordan Ayres that uses a box, isn't it? <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> when I said, it's a plastic box that locks. A lock it doesn't let you open it. Because I was like, Jordan, what happens if you need to use your phone when it's in the box? He's like, well, I don't use it. You just shout, hey, Siri, at the box. <laughs> well, if you have AirPods, if you have AirPods, it doesn't matter, does it? Mm. Um, any things that you guys use to help reduce phone usage? I think just delete apps. I know it's a really obvious one. But like the digital minimalism thing of like appraise all of your digital use for what you're trying to get out of it. Decide whether that is the best use of the thing. Like if like, okay, so I want to be, I want to connect with friends. Therefore I need Instagram, for example. Like, well, is there another way I could achieve the same thing without having to accept the cost of Instagram? But like, yeah, I'm not great with my phone really. I look at it too much. Yeah. I think think everyone does. Even you, Yusuf, who's the, the least sort of tech use. Like. Yes, exactly. And if it's if you are using yours and feel like you're using yours too much, there's kind of no hope for the rest of us. No hope for anyone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going to do a video on this soon because I there's a game that I got. So I find whenever I'm going through a bit of a like a dark patch or a stressed patch in my life, I download this really stupid game on my phone. It's like a Mortal Kombat game and end up just getting completely sucked into it. And it happened during one year of my like the worst exams in med school for like a month and it happened a few months ago as well and it's one of those games that like i'm not even a gamer i'm not into that stuff and it's such a like stupid like linear like just button mash the thing but it taps into all of the little dopamine buttons and everything and you know that it's designed not for not for actually a fun gameplay experience but just to be this compulsive thing and yeah I just had, one day I was like, oh, fuck this, I'm just going to have to delete it. Like, I spent, <laughs> spent cash on like, grading more souls. Oh and, my God. Um, and like, <laughs> this is a shock. This is a real shock. This is a shock. You have to keep doing quests. I, whenever I was sat with my girlfriend, and like, she'd be like, are you doing a quest? I'm like, yeah, shut up, man. Like, <laughs> fucking listen, man. Like, I'm blown away by this. And so one day I was like, right, I've got to delete it. Deleted it. Didn't miss it at all. Just like, but then so it downloaded it again when you are. Um, when you're in a stressful situation or whatever. Well, that that's the risk. But mm. it shows that you know if you missed it, then it would truly be something fulfilling. But it's not. It's just really clever engineering of a like compulsive game. I love the idea that it's like that's your vice. 
Oh, no, some people, some people game. chain smoke. Some, <laughs> some, some people are abusive to their partners. You download a Mortal Kombat game. Well, so the, now this is the difficulty. Anyone listening, <clears throat> I challenge you, and I, I really don't recommend this. I feel like I'm recommending like going off and buying heroin. But if you download that game, What's just game beware, because that cool? your life is over. Just Mortal Kombat mobile. Oh, okay. So when you, I remember Yusuf messaged me saying, "This is a what? This was like a year and a half ago that he'd been playing on a, a game for a long time on his phone," and I was like, "Same, similar, exact, similar reaction. Like this is strange. Like there's been some kind of disturbance in space Field, time. Like I, yeah. I should listen to this." And then he told me, "What was it called? <laughs> do you know, do you know the one I'm talking about? Venture capitalist, adventure capitalist, adventure capitalist." And, and he was like, "Johnny, you'd love it. You'd love it." I was like, "All right, cool. Yeah, I'll download it." And it got to the point with me where it was the first thing I did when I woke up in the morning was I was like, I checked my like accumulated when I was onto like quintillions of, of you know, what, when you when you're running a burger shop, that's pulling in like a hundred grand a second you know, <laughs> and stuff like this. And you're like upgrading the, you know, you're hiring a manager to run your burger shop so you can invest in an oil, an oil tanker or whatever it is. And you're moving to Mars and all these sorts of things. Um, and yeah, it got to the point where I was like, I need to delete this now. So that's you said, another one of those games that really taps, taps into that, in. isn't it? Yeah. How to control your emotions, and then in asterisks, asterisks after that, it says there are a lot of deaths happening due to mental illness. There's some dark questions coming out here, man. Episode two hundred. The Samaritans released a study showing that there's no significant increase in suicides since COVID has since lockdown has happened. But that suicidality is only, you know, it's only one measure of mental health and mental well-being. So it may well be that everyone's mood has generally dropped, but it's not necessarily increased suicidal um, I'm not sure behavior. That, I'm not sure that you want to control your emotions. Like, control your emotions, what that question means, how to control your emotions, is how do I not feel feelings that I don't want to feel? Like, you're always mm. going to feel feelings that you don't want to feel. It's a case of whether or not you have the equanimity to let them go. So... Spend some time doing a little bit of introspective work and meditate for 15, hour, 15 minutes a day for a year. And within the space of a year, you will be at least better equipped to deal with both bad and good emotions. You don't want to mm -hmm. fixate. You don't want to suppress. That's what equanimity means. Um, so it's a bit of a woke sort of answer to it. But I'd definitely say meditation, other stuff, make sure you get enough sunlight, stable sleep and wake pattern, have enough friends around you, have a, a job that you care about, make sure you're eating good food, drink enough water. Like, it's the basic shit. The stuff that, like, your mum and dad tried to get you to do as a kid actually had a ton of wisdom in it because mm. they weren't being thrown around by the newest trend in personal development. They only had, like, the basic, the most basic plan, like the light version personal development light basic free with with no discount code on it and that's what they were running on and that's what they had left so it's like just stick to their stuff uh which of your failures i have you... some i have some thoughts on that chris hit me i'm trying to get through these <laughs> really... i know it's because all of the questions are good and we want to delve into them but know, this will be yeah. a five-hour podcast if we're not careful um so i would I, I think similar to what you just said. So I think whenever I, and similar to what you have just said, whenever I have like mood, a decrease in mood, it's always when I am like, my sleep isn't very good. My diet's not very good. I'm not like my step counts lower. I've not been training as often. I'm on my phone a lot. So like just manage the, like the, 
bait, like give yourself the best chance of not like just being in a like mood. And then you're more likely to, to, as you say, like have more equanimity when a negative thought does arise or when a negative feeling does arise. And then second, something I'm doing at the moment is um, tracking what I do every hour for a week to look at, and I'm tracking my, like how stressed I feel, how focused I feel and my mood to try and spot, like, cause I think a lot of the time when you feel certain ways, you are doing certain things or have just done a certain thing and you don't really spot the correlations in your time. So you're like, Oh, look, like, fuck, like whenever I do this in the morning, I feel shit for two hours. Has like, anything come up? Not so far. Like I, I'm mainly doing it to, cause we, we've just brought someone on in, into the team at propane. So I'm, I'm more looking at like, what am I wasting my time doing? What's that, Chris? That's I'm just it. so I'm. I, I told you over dinner last night, man. Like All I'm right. so gassed for you guys to finally have someone. Like you, you for everyone that's listening, Johnny and Yusuf have trawled through the sludge of online business for a decade, and have kind of pieced together doing. It'd be like me still handing out every flyer for all of my events, scheduling every social media post, doing the accounts, standing on the front door, taking the money at the till, also DJing and making the music happen whilst cleaning the glasses and serving mm-hmm. the drinks. Like, you guys have done top to bottom. It's just awesome to to see you um, scale that up a little bit more. Not that you haven't yeah, tried before, cool. but I think you've you've encountered challenges. And I think as we well, have- from, from a, just from a, like a teaching standpoint for your business clients... I think that this is going to be a really important step that you're then going to be able to iterate on and teach other people to do because yeah. you ha- have down how to start a fitness business and then scale it. But how do you then start to relinquish that amount of scaling to uh, delegate <clears throat> that out? And I think this will be like the next stage for the business clients that you have got who really, really want to go to the next level. I think your learning over the next year or two years maybe will be like the pro huge penis like swollen swollen version of of your program yeah so we've always had like people who work for us part-time in various capacities or like people who do specific things but this is our first like full-time full-time person so which comes with apprehension obviously and all all sorts of things but but yeah so that's why i'm doing it but um you spot like oh certain things so like um yesterday for example you guys will be happy about this like i was like focus was dropping like stress was like background went to dinner and just immediate like stress, like notice like feelings of stress and feelings of happiness just went like, Poof. so like, you're like, okay. Like, as I already knew, as you said, Chris, like spending time with friends is just an immediate, like hard reset. Like you come back from that experience feeling like whatever you worried about before doesn't exist. So there's, I think it's the book called, I can't remember what it's called, but you like make a happiness buffet. It's like 10 things you can do or like things that I know when I do one of the following 10 things, it almost always boosts my mood. It almost always makes me feel more positive. And if you become aware of those things, you can like draw on them when you do yeah. want to feel oh, better. Let's, let's go and have a cold shower. Let's go for a 15-minute walk. Let's have a big mm. glass of water. Let's go and play. I was telling you last night about how much joy I'm getting from uh, playing catch-up against the wall with a tennis ball yeah. and my Pomodoro breaks. Like, yeah, it's yeah. such a stupid, dumb, childish thing. But it just brings me like pure happiness for five minutes. Up 10 points. Yeah, yep. easy. Um, which of your failures would you say has resulted in the most future successes? Bloody hell. Um, I don't know. Why don't we do, why don't we each answer? So like, Seth, if you want to answer one, then Johnny will answer one. Because there's like, I still got hundreds of, of questions here. Um, 
any failures that have come up that have resulted in the most future successes for any of you guys? Yeah. So I I tweeted about this the other day and had some interesting discussions with some people about do you agree with the idea that you should never have regrets? There's always people that say, oh, you should never have it. Now, yes, in principle, that's a nice idea. But there are many decisions that you could take which move you in one direction or another purely by chance. And it's not that the decision was necessarily good or bad. It's just happened to turn out fortuitously or badly. Now, if that's the case, then yes, you kind of regret the fact that it turned out that way, but the decision was kind of neither here nor there. With things that you chose, you actively decided to do, and it turned out badly, and you've learned a lesson from it, as long as you learn the lesson, then I would see that as you're paying tuition to the world. And the quickest way to, or the most direct example of that is in trading. So like Forex trading, for example, where if you make a big loss, as long as you learn from that and learn how to adapt your strategy, that is your tuition to the market. And so... Yes, it might have cost you five grand or 23 grand in my case, but it's it's a very valuable lesson because you've you've then been able to be like, okay, there is where I went wrong and I know that I'm not going to do this again. And it's probably more effective than if you just read about someone else doing it because you've like physically experienced your anus being torn apart by the market <laughs> as a result. So that's what I would say. Well, there's that quote from... Um... I think it's Peter Thiel who says, um, any idiot can learn from experience. I prefer to learn from the experience of others. But the problem with that is that you don't ever have the visceral contextual... sting. Yeah. Like looking at someone else's gaping, flappy arsehole does not have the same impact. Yeah. Come from... <laughs> it doesn't have the same impact as it being your arsehole. And mm. it was... Um, you can go back in time to one year of your life and share current wisdom, which one and why. 2012, start a podcast, Chris. There you go. Now you're like one of the biggest podcasters on the planet because first mover advantage. Um, what do you do if you feel like you actually don't know what you want from life? Johnny. <laughs> Christ. Uh, there you uh, have a bit of that hot potato. <laughs> Johnny, just hold this grenade a second. Um, what do you do if you uh, don't know? What you want? If you feel like you act, uh, like you actually don't know what you want from life, directionless, meaninglessness, purposelessness. I mean, some people approach this as like you should work out what your values are and then make goals based on your values and all that sort of stuff. I, the thing that was most helpful for me in terms of like why I like quit my job and why I'm like doing what I do now is I actually did an exercise from a, a PDF download from a guy called Nate Green back in like 2010, um, which was called the Hero's Handbook. And Nate Green's a really good writer if anyone wants to like go and read more on sort of like pop philosophy and sort of just like general, very simple ideas of how to improve your life. But anyway, it was just literally, and you probably heard this before, design like think of the best possible day you can imagine from start to finish. Like where do you wake up? What's the room like? What are you doing that morning? What are you doing at lunchtime? What does the afternoon look like? What are your evening plans? And then expand that in like, an, uh, like the best week you can imagine. And then think, right, well, how can I begin to move my life towards that? And from that, you extract like those goals from that that you can create. And it's a, it, is, it is pretty cool how 
Um, not to say like, look at me, but it is pretty cool that like, I'm pretty close to that. Like I, at the time I was a mile away from it and I, <laughs> you couldn't see, you can't even think like, how would I, how can I figure that out? Like, surely I would never be able to build a business and live off it. Surely I'd be, never be able to happen on the internet. That, that bullshit doesn't work. All these sorts of things. Um, and then suddenly like, you look back on it a year later and you're like, shit, like I'm making progress towards that. So I think that's the thing that, um, what is he called? <sighs> right to wait, but why? Tim, not Tim Urban. Tim Urban, yeah. Yeah. So he talks about like happiness being crushing a Tuesday on the interview he does with Tim Ferriss. So like the idea that people worry about goals and what they want and all that sort of stuff and forget that like ultimately tomorrow you're just going to wake up and it's just going to be a day and you're just going to experience a sequence of those and then cease to exist. So if you just think about like, well, how can I make my day or my week the best possible or like maximize my, my experience of existence as possible, probably you'll be quite content and feel like you're moving in the right direction. I think to sort of add on to that, a lot of the time, because there's so much urgent stuff that we do, we don't ever actually sit back to get into planning mode. We're just constantly in dealing with mode. And it's that system mm. one, system two thinking um, that you need to step into. And that's what I realized, especially with lockdown, because I got more time away from having to do the club stuff which allowed me for the first couple of weeks or even actually the first few months of lockdown, I went through like tons of Chris Sparks experimentation without limits or whatever it's called. I went through that. I uh, started using things three and completed Tiago Forte's get, get stuff done like a boss course, uh, did like loads of stuff, added in a bunch of habits, but you can't ever do that when you're constantly fighting fires within your own life. So it's like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people that don't necessarily know what they want from life haven't ever taken time away from life to ask that question. It's like if all that you're always doing is being busy, um, saying yes to social events, saying yes to more stuff, projects, businesses, things for your boss, nights out, all that sort of stuff. Like you're not ever going to, it's not just going to emerge. If you don't have it, if you haven't stumbled upon it by chance, it's not just going to emerge. You have mm. to actually do the work. You have to spend the time consciously thinking what would a good day week, month, five-year, 10-year, 25-year plan look like? What would I actually want to And then it's like, where am I trending? Like, am I trending in the right direction or the wrong direction? Like, if I keep doing what I'm doing now for 10 years, where will that leave me? Is that a good situation or a bad situation? And then adjust. But I feel like Yusuf's got something to say. Quiet the mind and the spirit will speak. Like, if you're firefighting the whole time, your voice for inner intuition and your existential questions are just muffled because you're dealing with all the the crap day to day. So yeah, you have to create some space. Someone told me recently, it might have been one of you two, that every good idea they've ever had in business has been from going on a walk. Was it one of you two? Maybe not. We were talking like, about some ideas in the shower the other day, weren't we? The notebook. Yeah. Brief notebook in the shower. Yeah, so writing things down while you meditate, like things always come to me while I'm meditating. But like, yeah, walking. Someone, someone's, I wish I could remember who it was. It was like, they go for a walk in the morning and that's when like all of that, and there's something about like being in motion and the thought processes that happen when you're, when you're moving. Um, but that just the, the quiet, the mind. So like if you walk without any podcast or anything in, suddenly all this shit just occurs to you. I loved, um, I, it was a life hack from a while ago, drive without any music or podcast on. Like if you just go on a drive to work, like once a week, if you pick, Wednesday is your day where you drive to work without any content playing. It's mm. so nice. 
Like you just get to sit with your thoughts for a bit of time without the input of other minds. And that's the uh, definition yeah. of solitude by Cal Newport, right? Solitude mm. is time uh, on your own away from the input of other minds, not just time on your own, on the phone, listening to a podcast, reading, even that, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, what else we got? Gyms or restaurants, you can only save one from the coronavirus, Yusuf. Gyms. <laughs> Easily. Like, how, I mean, how often do you go to a restaurant compared, compared to number, like number of hours you spend in a gym? The alternative argument is keep restaurants open, buy a home gym, best of both worlds. Oh, but I'm an antisocial bastard. Like, I, I prefer to be training away from people and in silence. Great. Great. Um, Nick Purvis, a guy that runs Candy Pants podcast, which is great and everyone should go and check out. How do you balance the constant desire for self-improvement without being sucked into a perpetual cycle of feeling like whatever you do is never enough? It's a fucking <clears throat> great question, that, mate. Um, so the line between being tough on yourself to continue to motivate you to do more and being easy enough on yourself to know when you've worked hard is a lot wider than you think. I think a lot of people self-flagellate out of some feeling that it's going to motivate them to do more the next time, whereas that's actually not necessarily the way it works. You need to treat yourself as if you're someone you're responsible for helping. You need to be a friend to yourself. You wouldn't be this way to a friend. There's this song that, that I'm loving at the moment, which is, one of the lyrics says, um, it's gone. Lyric's gone, so I'm not going to be able to tell you what it is, but I'll put it in the, it, in the show. It's the lyric, it's Parasite Eve. It's, is it? <laughs> this is the moment you've been waiting for. That's it. I thought that might be what it was. It's, that's what it is. Um, it's just, it's, it's hard, man. Like, you know, it, if you want more out of life, it is very, very challenging to not constantly just feel like everything that you do isn't enough. I think having a very strict quantified metric of your to-do list, hard stop and work cycles helps that a lot. Because if you're never any ongoing project, is always going to be, you can always do more work. Whereas if you set yourself, okay, if I have this much work to be done this day and I do it, then you stop working and it gives you a sense of accomplishment. But as everyone that's got an ongoing project knows, like it's, it's never finished. It's technically never finished. So you have to create these arbitrary done lines that give you some sort of a feeling that you finished it. So, um, yeah, what else we got? Uh, someone's just written Rogan as a question. Don't know. Uh, well, we discussed that in the last episode, didn't we? The Spotify Rogan yeah. situation. Uh, Johnny, any tips for becoming a better writer struggling with essay writing for med school? I'm going to pivot that to Yusuf. Essay writing for med school. So I assume that's someone who's going to who goes to cambridge then because that's spiral spiral tag if it's essay writing to get into med school then realize that your personal statement will not even be read by the admission staff and everything hinges on the uk cat score which they don't tell you and it's a basically an iq test that they claim is socioeconomically blind but it's not because it's very much favors uh men from uh white men from uh private education background, 
but luckily you can reverse engineer the process do what i did i increased my score from six nine six four five to seven nine five so i increased my iq supposedly by 1.5 standard deviations um (laughs) which is not that's not obviously possible but it's just the fact that you can just hack the the system so so ignore essay writing if you're going to med school it's not a skill that you need focus on the admission criteria that matter that's an example of the scoby stream well, do you know what another example of the SCOBY stream is? Yusuf's connection was a little bit dodgy before, so I, te- I messaged him on iMessage on desktop saying, can you check your internet connection? And all that he's replied with is 89%, 144 megabytes per second. <laughs> What's 89%? What's the percentage? That's strength. the signal strength. Strength probably, yeah. Actually, that's a good life hack. Wi-Fi signal. It's a menu bar app that tells you your... Nice. Connection speed in real time. Johnny, hacks for when you are craving all the chocolate. Tuna. 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 <laughs> chocolate tuna. Isn't tuna, um, Yusuf will know the answer to this, isn't, hasn't tuna got the same thing in or the same something? Mercury. Well, there's a lot of mercury in chocolate. I hope not. Apparently it's a... Because Anthony, Tony Robbins, Johnny doesn't like it when I say Anthony Robbins. Anthony Robbins, it just sounds like he's your uncle or something. <laughs> uncle Anthony. So uncle, good, good old Uncle Tony um, had got mercury poisoning from eating swordfish every day. For some reason, he decided to do that. And he said he started to get like um, psychiatric symptoms from it. And when he stopped, he went away. Jeez. But um, tuna, I don't know about tuna and chocolate cravings. I'll have to look that up. Do 20 push-ups. 20 push-ups will stop you from feeling hungry. Um, how do you find people interested in talking and debating the topics you cover? Same for you guys. Like, where do you find your podcast guests from? We just, find, we just ask guests? people that we find we want to talk to anyway, people that we're interested in having a chat with. And I think it's the same with you, Chris, isn't it? Yeah, just on the internet, existing on the internet or reading books or listening to podcasts. I think it's a bigger question, which is why do you want to start a podcast? And then, is this about podcast guests? How do you find people interested in talking and debating the topics you cover? I think it's like, how do you find guests? So we, we the, the way we pick our guests is like, who is, the, who, who is listening to the podcast? Who is most relevant to that person? Who might they find interesting? What can we talk to them about? So like we've had on the fitness podcast, like everything from like Kit Lachlan, who's like talking about a very specific aspect of, stretching meditation all the way through to like powerlifters and you know it's it's like what might that audience be interested in that's just the framework really who uh i don't think i've ever asked you this who would be a dream guest to get on the propane business podcast from a like insight perspective tim ferris tim ferris insight not what do you mean by insight? so don't don't be asked about clout not bothered just about asking them questions yes who would you want to learn from the most on the propane business podcast jeff bezos really jeff, like jeff bezos warren buffett um yeah any, any billionaire elon musk or tim ferris yusuf yeah i think that's a pretty good answer tim's tim's a great shout he's i think he's having a bit of a bad time at the moment man he's back on antidepressants and He's running a lot of ads. He's running a lot of paid traffic. Well, you'll, you'd know, wouldn't you? Because you've, <laughs> you've, you've got the plug-in that tells you when Tim turns ads on. Yeah, it's just a, just a light that turns on in the corner of the room. <laughs> something I sent to Yusuf, actually. He's got an ad running at the moment for 
um, 17 questions that changed my life to download PDF. It is absolutely brilliant. Okay. So if you see an ad from Tim Ferriss on, on Instagram or, or whatever, swipe up on it and get that. He's got, like when you click on it, there's like five downloads. One of them's like five morning routines to win the day. 17 questions to change my life. One about fear setting. Lead, awesome. Just lead magnets. Yeah. Just PDFs. Yeah. Cool. Um, how would you distinguish fact from fallacy in an area completely unknown to you? Just, just ruthlessly use mental models. Hanlon's razor, Occam's razor, McGill's razor, and if it if it breaks any of them, fuck it off. That's it. We were talking about this yesterday, which is that whenever you see a news article and it happens to be on a topic that you actually have some specialist knowledge about, <laughs> and you're like, this is bullshit. Like, come on, Daily Express or Sun or whatever. Like, this is complete. And then you're like, oh, maybe all topics are like this for things that I don't know about. So... I think That's look at the such a scary insight, man. It really <laughs> fucking so, hell. So it's like look at the providence and think like, okay, is this a source that has some? And if you don't know what metrics to actually um, measure something against, then it's probably quicker and faster rather than trying to use your own bullshit filter is to pick someone who has the specialist knowledge in that and ask them for some recommended sources of information and use that. But because of how like the information in any area is spread, it's almost a certainty that the common commonly held belief in that area is incorrect. Yeah. So if you just assume that the major- that the common opinion is incorrect and wrong, and look for like look for the contrarians in the market, and, like look for the polarity in the market, and then listen to those people, then form your own view. It's a lot of work. Or just that, don't though. bother. It's, it's, easy, it's, it's much easier, easier to, to just, just go with what everyone says. Yeah. Um, <laughs> podcast how to logistics software mic headphone production already gone through that. Yeah. Uh, top three guests kind of already gone through that. Who stood you up last week? Uh, that was Michael Matzola, the director of unacknowledged Dr. Stephen Greer's oh, UFO Michael. documentary. Um, he's off finding UFOs, isn't he? he? He is. Yeah. Well, he's, maybe he's been abducted because he didn't fucking reply. Um, <laughs> Do you take any protein supplements, Johnny? Not really. You said used to back in the day. I've I've got some, but I'm not very religious with taking it. I thought it. you were like Mister Way. I You're was like Doctor Way. <laughs> Doctor Way. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a much more convenient way of taking protein in, and I, oh, yeah. I just see it as part of diet. I don't really. It's just a continuum of different food types rather than a supplement per se, or a yeah. But I, I haven't got room. Based on what I'm eating at the moment, I've got 205 grams of protein that's just flat at all times. And I, I don't have room for a protein shake in that. You eat a lot of yogurt, don't you? Which is basically a so protein supplement. The kvag, I can't pronounce it, which is white... Sh- no. Kvag. It's not Kvark. that. It's not that. <laughs> it's, Spell it, Chris. It's, so it's a special new type of quark which is white chocolate flavor. It's, I put it on my Instagram the other day. It's unbelievable. And um, the, I, put the, I put the macros up on it, a, a pot of it, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of carbs, 0.5 grams of fat. Fine, sold. Mate, Can I get it? Do I have to get it from a supermarket? Or like, could I get like a big like, job lot on a pallet delivered? Uh, it's only got about a month, month and a bit of expiry, so I'd be... That's fantastic. Yeah, that's the great thing about dairy, isn't it? You can get loads of cheese and yogurt, and you don't need to worry about it going out of date. Yeah, mint. Um, if you had to tell someone to watch one Modern Wisdom podcast, what would it be and why? Lifehacks two hundred one was 
fucking brilliant. Start of the second season of Life Hacks was just... I think all the Life Hacks episodes are like such an easy intro into what's going on. It's a nice balance between just sort of quick-paced stuff and banter, and you can always take something away. And mm. um, Favourite Anjuna Deep set was the episode 200, I think, by James Grant. That's from Jack Revel. I know that you've been on his uh, live stream recently. Um, everyone needs to listen to Anjuna Deep. If you need some music to work to, their podcast is phenomenal. Mark Dobson, what's next for Modern Wisdom? How far ahead do you plan? Uh, where do you see it in a year's time? Uh, so next big thing is this Modern Wisdom Academy, which is going to be the summary service. I'm like just so, so fucking excited for that. I think it's an amazing project and it's going to mean that no one ever forgets what they hear again. Um, <laughs> how far ahead do I plan? In terms of scheduling, about a month and a half. So I'm booked out. This is recording this at the start of July. I'm booked out until the middle of August. Um, I need to stop publishing three a week. I know that that might make some people sad, but it's like it's unsustainable for a very, very long amount of time because it's just so much work. Uh, and where do you see it in a year's time? I don't know, man. We did over half a million plays last month in June. Um, so if the growth keeps on going, then it'll be... I don't care. It's just more of the same. Like, keep finding interesting people, keep talking to them, keep having you guys on. Hopefully, not have to do this over Skype. Like, um, oh, did I tell you that I got my sofa recushioned? Have I told you about this? That is exciting. I think you mentioned it, yeah. So, I got a buddy. It will be, so if you want this service, it will be linked in the show notes below because it's fucking amazing. And I cannot believe Elliot Flagg has created this new company where you send off the cushion covers from your couch and then they use the covers the, to make a mold then create a special perfectly fitted new cushion for each of the different covers that you've got and then send back however many you need for each so i got four bases two backs two corners one footstool thing and now i have a brand new set of cushions on my sofa perfectly fitted and it looks like a new sofa. It's fucking amazing. It goes from being like a saggy old, like you love your sofa, but you don't want to, you don't, you're like, ah, oh, then maybe the cushions don't fit so good. And uh, it's outrageous, like ridiculous service. And he turns it around in like a week. Couldn't believe it. That's phenomenal. Uh, have you got any good questions on your guys' side? Any cool stuff? Uh, what side hustles do you each have? God, Yusuf, I want to know this. Fucking hell. How long have you got? He's <laughs> so still, do, I, I he's still doing the battery thing, yeah. Still arbitraging batteries, yeah. Um, hold on. So, hold on. Are you really? No, no. no right. Um. <laughs> it says everything that you had to check. Well, because when he told us about this, I remember Chris's reaction was like, so that's what he was doing last weekend. He wasn't really busy with his girlfriend. He was like down in the, flak, the factory in Slough and making sure there's, the supply chain was still working. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So no, I, I, my only side hustles is I'm, I'm trying to get a rental property. Currently I have a side hustle as a doctor and, um, we do, <laughs> and, and we do propane, propane business, propane fitness and propane fitness. The fitness. Uh, plus you trade. Trading. What's that? Trading. Trading. Oh yeah. Trading. Of course. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I see trading as a capital growth strategy rather than an income strategy, but it, you're right. It should be included in there. No one's going to be like, oh, well, your side hustle should technically be it. Yeah, like, let's include that. Johnny? Mm. Uh, none. I think you should just have one main thing. All in. 
yeah, yeah. and hope for the best. The fact, like having a side hustle just suggests that the main hustle is insufficient, which is the that's the problem. So focus on the primary hustle being everything you need it to be. Would you not agree that multiple revenue streams is a safer way to put You can diverse, diversify your revenue streams within the hustle. You don't need to diversify revenue streams within on a macro sense necessarily. Didn't you do a very expensive, very long trading course? I did. Yes. I've not used it though. <laughs> it's nice to know though. It's, nice, it's, just, it's nice to know what you thought you didn't know. And that now you know. And find and out that Lex, that Lex needs to be here. Well, he depends what, what you class as well as, as as a hustle, like a form of work of time for money, or yeah, yeah. what is a investment strategy. And yeah. you know, most of them can be pretty passive, especially property, when you can just get everything managed and mm. leave it to the experts. I had to pay a significant amount of money this morning to Newcastle City Council for that selective licensing thing that I warned you about. Oh, you said, oh, like, awful. I got an email as we arrived at dinner last night, literally as I got out of the car to say hi to Ben, and got an email that said, by midday tomorrow, you need to pay us £2,000 so that we can process your license. Like, don't email that on a fucking Friday night. Don't tell me that you need to give me £2,000 within like 15 hours or else a bad thing's going to happen. That's just a shit way to start the weekend. Terrible way to start the weekend. Uh, the frugal heart concept. What are some little things that make you stupidly happy? Um, that's a throwback to the Kyle Eschenroda episode from the other day. Throwing a tennis ball against the wall, frisbee and boomerang are both like... Throwing anything, little children, mm-hmm. dogs. Um, I think it's got to be something you can also easily catch. Mace, sort of mace steel mace. Um, you should have started doing like weighted club training. So it's, really it's all over our Instagram. Yeah, it's just good taking it really seriously. It's like shoulder mobility, like lower body hypertrophy. It's a great way to. Johnny, here's weird. one for you. What are your experiences with PEDs slash SAMs, if any? Nada. <laughs> Competing tested federations, bro. We used to have shared a photo the other day of a guy who got really cross with us. So we we for a long time shared this article, which was how we got lean while eating Haribo cheesecake and Pringles, and it just upset every personal trainer who was like, the only way you can do this is by like lying or being on loads of drugs or, and then this guy like got really aggressive and accused us of accused like Yusuf, who's in the, a lot of the photos who's like 74 kilos in the photos of right. being full of, full of drugs. It's like, we are both at the time we were both like sub 90 kilos. It's a 200 pound rule. Is it? I think Mark Bell has a 200 pound rule that like anyone, anyone abs lean, over 200 pounds is on, on drugs. drugs. Yeah. Fine. And okay. he's like, he just stands there and goes, find me an exception to that rule. And it's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, how long have you been sober? Now 22 months, which is a lot longer than I'd planned. It was only going to be 18. Uh, not a question stumbled across the podcast in lockdown. Great work. Thank you, Marty Kimbo. How you met Johnny and you, Seth? Y-O-U, Seth, uh, from Sam, um, through my housemate then, who was your guys' old business partner, Ben Tome. Um, and that was it. So you crack each other's backs in my in Love the it sight. And thought, fucking going to be mates with them. I want a bit of that. Um, <laughs> one favourite podcast each from you guys that isn't mine or yours? 
Tim Ferriss is just pretty good, to be yeah. honest. Like his new yeah. Tools of Titans thing that he's doing. Uh, I've, I'm halfway through one of them. Very mm-hmm. good as well. I think it's just the audio book of the... But he's put it onto podcasties now, hasn't he? So clever. He manages to really squeeze the lemon out of all of his books and just like... Well, I feel like he made a podcast and then he's made two books from the podcast and now he's doing a podcast of the books that's from the podcast. Yeah, so impressive. And then there's like YouTube content based on the books from the podcast. Like that man. Um, well, I'm having a look probably, at my podcast subscriptions here. For me, to be honest. I feel like it's a boring answer for me to give. So let's see. I listen to a lot of like very like specific business things that probably wouldn't be interesting to anyone else. Um, so there's a guy called Dan Sullivan who runs a business called Strategic Coach that he's he's got a really good podcast. Each episode's like like thought processes for for business owners. Um, digital marketer podcast pretty good for anyone who likes digital marketing. London Real podcasts really. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, although that is on my list. Uh, the Whoop podcast pretty good actually as well. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Will Ahmed's, Will Ahmed's got good reach. The CEO's got like mm. fucking good access to people. Mm. Um, yeah, Seth, anything from you? So actually, it, from looking at my podcast subscriptions, it seems like I'm I'm more listened to specific episodes from a variety of thingies rather than a single source. Yeah, it's interesting. More of a, yeah, I don't think I think that's that. very rare in the podcasting world. I think most people put their faith into a host or a show and then mm. just allow that because you can't you can't really listen to unless you're doing it your way and specifically Sniping seeking out. out yeah exactly like fishing line goes out and then you find the thing and whatever like you it's too effortful to go and I'm going to have that guy's on this podcast he'll be interesting and they'll be interesting and I think I'm very lucky that I've got friends that are really into various podcasts and they kind of curate and send me single episodes and have so I've just got to the, um, can we pull back from the brink from Sam Harris yet no oh mate it's the, right, I'll the, stick the, the, the most sense case in point here the most sense making um, that you're ever going to see around what's happened this year like can we pull back from the brink yeah fucking phenomenal um do you have a list of all the books you have read so far uh yes at amazon.com uh, sorry amazon.co.uk slash shop slash modern wisdom you can go and see everything being alcohol-free seven months equals friends involving me less because I don't drink. Fuck these friends off or show them that I don't need alcohol to enjoy myself. It's tough when you have no close friends that are on a similar wavelength. Fucking good question, man. Meaningful question. Uh, there's this quote from James Clear where he says, um, uh, shared values and expectations uh, dictate behaviors within the tribe. Often changing your behavior- behaviors requires you to change your tribe. And that's just, if your friends are only friends with you when you're getting yourself pissed and destroying yourself along with them, then you need better friends. Like they're supposed to be supportive of you no matter what you're doing. And if the only time that they're prepared for you to be a part of it is if you're drinking the same stuff that they're drinking, they're not really that good mates. But that, the, the, the denominator between you there is the fact that you drink the same drink. I'm fucking hell. Like, mm-hmm. that's like you saying that you go for a drink, like go, go on a, a day out with your dog because they, that also drinks water. Like that's, there's not a very high bar to set. Um, when did you actually start reading so much and get interested in personal development? Has it always been that way for you, Yusuf? 
Have you always sort of been an introspective sort of? Because for me, it wasn't maybe until my late twenties, like maybe twenty six or twenty seven. The, yeah, the, there was no dramatic moment for me where I was like, oh, I need to kind of question things. And um, but it, it's been like a slow burner, and it's it's accelerated over the last fifteen years. Um, I do know many people that have just been like flat and then suddenly just yeah. gone balls in on it which is really interesting and I, I i'm so fascinated by what is that precipitating moment that causes someone to just go like oh right i've been a waste man for the last 10 years right i'm gonna completely change direction i think it was it was fitness for me i think i think it was being overweight as a kid and then you're like right i need to get a handle on this and then before you know it you're sort of like reading things or li- like I, I can remember listening to podcasts when like the way you would listen to a podcast on your phone in some instances was you had to like go onto the like, like the the web hosted file and play it on like the native player on the web like page on the web page and it was yeah. really like jerky and the Fuck audio was terrible um, and there was something called the Fitcast where this guy had I think it was called Kevin can't remember his name but the Fitcast was like one of the first podcasts in the fitness industry he had loads of people on there and, and through that podcast I was introduced to loads of different people and then you hear about these things like you hear about Tim Ferriss. And then he introduces you to loads of people and you suddenly become aware of all these things. I think that's how, that's certainly how it started for me and probably how it's still going mm. for me. You I like don't know. access someone's world and then they introduce you to five new people who introduce you to five new people. And I don't know many people that tumble down the rabbit hole of new creators as effectively as you do. Like you just, what do you mean? Just so Johnny will stumble on someone I don't know whether it's because you have this, you, you do tend to kind of listen to people like Tim who inevitably have quite a dispersed guest um, mm. influx. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you, you do sometimes like fucking, I, I know Sam <coughs> Ovens is not like um, underground, but like you, you've gone very, very into him, right? And he's hardly. But the people who hard- Johnny follows as well are so, like, like Nick Kuzmich and Sam Ovens and all the, they're all, they're a very, like they they don't have mass appeal yeah. for people no. outside of that niche at all. Well, that's that's just the thing that I always talk about, which is like I'm always looking for what is the what is the bottleneck and how do I how do I fix it and who can I follow or listen to who has the answers to that bottleneck so that you end up like listening to some really weird shit. Frankly, going out like, and being like a mass fan of like a certain plumber that can fix a certain type <laughs> a certain of problem. Yeah, very and, like, in on him. Mm. Um. My sleep quality is atrocious. Any tips on improving this area in general, please, from Benny Hads. Yusuf, what's, the, what's your top-line sleep tips? Top-line sleep tip. So Chris is a big proponent of sleeping with your phone outside your room. I think most people can't rely on the motivational willpower immediately on waking to, to kind of start not playing with their phone immediately and tanking the first half hour of the day. And I think how you treat your morning and how you treat your evening are really important. Stop caffeine. I have definitely seen both ends of the caffeine spectrum. When I was working in finance, I was 800 milligrams a day, which is equivalent to kind of 10 cups of coffee, uh, eventually just from caffeine pills. And I was just propping myself up. I was like, you know, that Dali painting where there's like, there's a, a cloth, like a wet, cloth that's all got holes in it's just held up by sticks and it's just like that (laughs) like that that was me just with caffeine then i went cold turkey for a few years on reintroducing caffeine started falling asleep during the day which i'd never had done previously and i think this is just because caffeine has such a long half-life 
10 hours or, or more for it to just be half the level in your system, that it will absolutely affect your sleep quality. And you always get these hard bastards that are like, oh, no, it doesn't affect me. Like, I can sleep like it. You're like, okay, you might not feel like it does, but guarantee if you quantify it, it just will. So get rid of caffeine. You won't need it when you go long term. Johnny has a great protocol for how to do that, like without in the most painless way by progressively introducing more decaf is that propanefitness.com slash caffeine it is oh (laughs) fucking Um, super fan here um and then also have a bedtime routine so the big problem for for workaholics like us is that you have open loops and you don't set clear boundaries it's like 11 p.m you're like i'll just quickly check my email just check there's no like urgent stuff that i need and then you're like drawn in or you open stuff that you're like oh i need to get that done tomorrow whatever 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or whenever you finish your workday, dump everything into your capture process and have a plan tomorrow today habit. Then shut down your computer. If you want to be a real monster, you can use uh, cold turkey or frozen turkey, which Johnny uses to just not allow you back on your laptop until the morning. And or put your phone in a box. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then just use that evening time to spend time with friends and family and fully get into your body, go for a walk, like have a context switch and basically nail the evening, nail the morning. You'll sleep better. I love that. That's really, really good. Can we get a life fails 201? We absolutely can. We we've only done one life fails episode, which was just all of this, like things that we've tried where we fucked up. Let's see life, life hacks is like the evolution of things that we think are good, but mm. they're far less entertaining than, when you tried the liquid only protein shake diet or the whatever it might be you know like the million other are you going to the bathroom again Yusuf? i am okay can you please (laughs) mute the microphone i'm having bladder time yeah i'll mute thank you it's weird isn't it how you and i always manage to go the duration of a podcast without needing to go to the toilet and Yusuf never manages arabic bladders man Um, that's what it is i have a day off tomorrow where do i start with your content if i am just finding you i think how to Survive University is a great episode. The Life Hacks 201 is an amazing episode. Or if you want something a little bit deeper, the Aubrey Marcus number 117 is a fucking banger. Uh, any tips on hunger cravings? Hitting my macros but still feeling hungry and want more. Johnny? Fizzy water. Fizzy water. Um, if you're doing... I think when people do, if it fits your macros, they start... They take the mick too much. They lose structure. They lose like consistent meal times. They lose food volume. They lose micronutrition, fiber. Um, so the danger with macros is people go so far. People have had a meal plan and then they think, right, I don't need a meal plan. I'm just going to do macros now. And that loses all the structure, which loses all of the like ingrained hunger patterns and hunger cues. So I would suggest look at what your macros are, build out a day of eating in my fitness pal have a plan for that try and fit in like fruit and vegetables try and fit in fibrous foods single ingredient unprocessed foods have some variety in things you like but try and stick to that as much as you can and try and eat at the same time as much as you can and then have like fizzy water and stay busy because often when people have this problem it's because they're trying to fit like protein pancakes and protein syrup and quest bars and like sugary foods in and then realizing actually eating those things doesn't do much for my hunger. It makes things, I'm focused on food all the time and I'm more hungry. That's great, man. I, just buying every three days, buying a big bag of baby spinach and ripping it up and throwing it into every meal 
is yeah. like the Tree easiest. Volume. Yeah, just add yeah. some fucking volume in there. Um, as to have frozen carrot and swede mash, 500 yeah. grams of carrot and swede mash, and it's it, there's no calories in it. 500 grams of food, and it's about 200 cals. Half mm. a kilo volume of food, and it, it goes Ma- with mashed potato. It goes with it's not ma- it's not potato. It's carrot and swede. Mm. Um, but yeah, unbelievable. Uh, if you had to recommend one book for someone to read, what would it be and why? We can all answer this one. Johnny, what do you reckon? <laughs> can be on anything. Atomic Habits, probably. Fuck. <laughs> we were talk- was that yours? Yeah. Well, it's just, just so think- fucking good, man. Mm. We were talking about this on the... We were interviewed the other day about, like, what books would we recommend and talking about reading. And um, I, my, the answers I gave were, like, books that are operating systems. So, like, Atomic Habits, if you, like, you can you apply what's in Atomic Habits. If all you did was apply what's in Atomic Habits, it's like a master level upgrade to everything. So like suddenly everything else you're trying to do in your life is easier or better or more consistent. And then the same for things like the Deep Workbook or Digital Minimalism or Getting Things Done. Like stuff like that is like an entire like operating manual for a certain System-wide. thing. System-wide. Yeah. Versus a, a lot of books are like a single concept that like help one thing but don't necessarily help everything. So I look for like system level upgrades. So atom- atomic habits would be the base of that pyramid. That's that's a, a really good one. Um, one book for someone to read, I think The Forgotten Highlander by Alistair Urquhart. If no one's, like it's an easy book, it's a storybook basically, like real life, but storybook. And um, it just totally reframes anyone's suffering. If you think that you're having a bad time, read The Forgotten Highlander by Alistair Urquhart and you'll realize that you c- there are people out there that have suffered more than you can possibly believe. This guy was captured by the Japanese and basically had dysentery for five years and built a bridge over the River Kwai and got locked in tin boxes and then locked on death ships and then got knocked off his feet by the afterblast from Nagasaki and then kept quiet about it because the army told him to for like 50 years and then wrote this as his memoir as a call to arms for what the Japanese government had done. Like, just read read that book and it'll... um. I think I'm going to guess because Yusuf's still muted that he's still weeing. Uh, is he back? Are you back? No, I'm, I'm here. You've done that thing again where you've put Kermit the Frog behind you, haven't you? Is he behind me again? <laughs> Every Whenever I'm recording, he just... I think he must live in the bathroom. He must have... <laughs> oh, God, I, right. You've done Let's it. Let's get rid of him. You've done it again. This is another episode. This is two episodes in a row. <laughs> where you want to make it into the trailer. What you... Oh, for fuck's sake. So, annoyingly, there was, there was a really good picture of Kermit bent over, spreading his um, his like pocket, but it's out. The ratio is all off. Oh wow! I'm I'm, I'm I'm glad that from a quality Shame. perspective, it wasn't going to be used for the background. Um, <laughs> well, that was the reason. Yeah, I know. Too pixelated. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite part of being a podcast host? Giggles eighty one. It's it's like it's so unfair that we all get to speak to the people that we do. Like if you asked all the different guests that you've had on Modern Wisdom and on Propane Fitness, Propane Business over the years to spend an hour doing a one-to-one coaching call where you're allowed to ask them whatever you want, we Mm. would be millions of pounds in debt. But to get James Clear's time for an hour or Aubrey Marcus, I know for a fact Aubrey Marcus is a couple of grand an hour to get him to do a coaching call. Like, 
or Ben Greenfield, like literally one of the most expensive, well-known coaches on the planet, like mm. to get these people's time and you just get to ask them whatever you want. Like, oh, Ben, my knee, so my knee hurts a little bit on the kind of on the outside. Like, have you got any, would you rub CBD on it? Like, you know, you can just ask them whatever you want. Um, so I think that like it is very selfishly, it's just a personal development. That's why we started the podcast. Like seriously, that was the reason we started the Broken Fitness Podcast. We wanted to interview John Kiefer, who just released carb backloading, and we got him. We had loads of questions about hormone sensitive lipase and fatty acid synthase for him, and we just called him up at what, like three in the morning for him or whatever, and was just like, John, um, what you? <laughs> he was like, uh, okay, uh, we can talk about that. Uh, masks how do you feel about reverting to nightclub chris when required that's going to be interesting i don't know what's happening with club nights at the moment um like it's just we were in let's say we went out for dinner last night i'm pretty certain i'm not i don't know how legal what we did last night was is it that they can justify that it's because it's a test run or it's a practice run it's a private event maybe uh ben had a really complete explanation for us i think he'd made it up but it was like yeah, that sounds right, man. So was that the explanation? It was like, um, I don't know how much I can say. Can I talk about it as much as I want? Yeah, but no. just don't just don't say the name of the place in case we get okay. in trouble. Um, like, no money changed hands in this situation. It was all like socially distanced, and there was very few people there. And it was yeah, it was testing the systems because obviously, if they were shut and then just t- today opened to the public and hadn't tested any of those processes would be a nightmare you're more likely to get into trouble if you don't test it food hygiene and and, and then let everyone in yeah like think about that i mean so speaking of which um i went for a burger somewhere in yarm and on the way out as i was paying i saw they had a food hygiene rating of zero which i've never seen before the la mascara next to tup tup palace had that Amazing. Like, what do you have to do to get zero? Did you eat the burger? Uh, it, was all, it was after I'd eaten. <laughs> it was quite a nice burger, actually. But did you have any, any symptoms? No. Got away well, scot-free. <laughs> um, we've got some great questions that I've totally missed at the bottom here. Um, funniest gym story from Tiernan. <sighs> I've got a bad one, but I don't know if it's even podcast appropriate. <laughs> Fine. Well, I mean, that, that means it's definitely podcast appropriate. Hit us. So I, for some reason, was wearing swimming shorts to go to the gym and they don't have, they have a fly that's just like a flap. So there's no zip. (laughs) And I was going commando and it was only when I got back into the changing room, having finished my (coughs) session that I realized I'd like just. (laughs) (laughs) The old chap had popped out. Yeah. Awful. What, what, just, just. The old chap. End. Just. Bell end. Yeah. And it was looking quite quite colourful um, shorts, so I'm hoping that the contrast won't have been too obvious. That's fucking bad. But like that's, that's just where you're riding the line of being put on a, a list. And... <laughs> yeah, being stored in a register. I think most people would assume you'd be able to feel that. But I'm not getting <laughs> <Keratin>. that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's not podcast appropriate um, right uh johnny have you got any funny uh, stories 
So it's not, it didn't happen in the gym. It's also similar, very similar to Yusuf's story. And it's about Yusuf, but I witnessed it. So it was the first competition we'd ever been to. And it was a weightlifting competition. And you're supposed to wear a singlet and turn up in a singlet and be like, you know, it's weightlifting is quite serious. There's quite a lot of rules. And Yusuf got on the platform to lit, to do his first snatch or clean and jerk in like tracksuit bottoms and a t-shirt. And he was about to lift and the judge was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He Excuse me, Sonna. You can't dress like that. <laughs> like you need shorts. We need to see that you're not like wearing anything supporting underneath. So Yusuf just took his trousers off and he just had boxes on. <laughs> I think Vodafone boxes. Vodafone. Promotional boxes, bright like fluorescent pink. And then the judge, like she was, she said something like, "Are you mocking me or something?" And I was yeah. like, "Well, no. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, you said take off my trousers, so <laughs> I have." And then like one of a... one of the coaches um, ran over to this like ten year old boy and just shouted, "I'm take off your trousers, take off your trousers!" <laughs> and like Same. whipped his trousers off and like gave me his little shorts or something. And then yeah. Was allowed Jeez. to lift a single red light from that judge who was already <laughs> miffed, obviously, yeah. but made the snatch. I feel like there'll be there'll be so many of these stories if we really sat and thought about it. Life there'll fails. So let's 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 that's happen at gym. We'll do another life fails and we'll we'll throw through that. I don't know funniest funniest gym stories. There's like tons of stuff happens in CrossFit. There's like um loads and loads of like random things go on, but I don't tend to I don't tend to do that many fails all that much. Uh, it seems like there'd be such a high percentage of fails in CrossFit because you've got so many funny. moving parts, it's such chaotic. I've seen people like, open their heads up on barbells or um, oh. when if you have a rig that's got staggered height bars, so you can imagine you've got one bar, another bar above it, and then a third bar that's in the middle of those two heights and sent out this way. If you jump onto the bottom one, and face outward, if you try and do a kipping pull-up, you actually end up, no, no, you go front of head into the medium, medium-heighted bar, um, which is brutal. Like, people doing, doing workouts where they've run out of chalk, but they're, they're still working through stuff. And if you're doing a kipping pull-up and you lose at the top of the kip, if you lose your grip, you're just like a cat, you know, like perfectly horizontal, four feet, uh, 10 feet off the ground, and you've got to try and do the... You got to try and oh. do like the twist, which is obviously quite challenging. I've just remembered one. I can't believe, and there's a video of this, and it's it's one of the funniest videos I've ever seen, and it's of the guy trying to spot Yusuf on a bench press. Oh gosh! You must have seen this, Chris. <laughs> Yusuf's doing like a rep out set, and he's going like, "How can you spot me, please, mate?" And then on every rep, this guy holds onto the bar, and Yusuf's <laughs> going like, <laughs> he's going like, "No, no, no, no." <laughs> Is that, leave it, leave it, leave it. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up like shouting at this guy what, on every rep. <laughs> on every, like, it's at the point. I can't believe you've not seen this. I've never seen it's it. It's hilarious. And then he stands up and goes, "Cheers, mate," and walks off. Thinking, like, yeah, never going to ask this guy again. He's a rep, and he's like, "Go." And the guy tries to re rack the bar, <laughs> shouting progressively louder at him, leave it. We we have had a few of these. So the, there's one that there's two that Johnny's Johnny's had. One is um in David Lloyd, a man runs up to try and save Johnny, even though like he was he, he was struggling a bit with the rep, it wasn't like imminent danger. Guy runs over and he's got like a meter of wet tissue like coming out of his shirt and it just like comes on Johnny's face. Guy basically teabags him. And it's like, that's more unsafe than if you just let him do what he's doing. I'd wrap the bar 
and sat up and the guy had like done nothing but on my face still with his sweaty <laughs> tissue <laughs> again this is on video unbelievable the other one, also in a David Lloyd, was um, Johnny doing a front squat with 140 um, back in the day. And this guy comes over and in a very thick South African accent goes, you're not playing. Johnny goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I say you're not playing. How much is that? And Johnny's like, 140. He's like, pounds. Johnny's like, yeah, okay, pounds. <laughs> There's also another one in a David Lloyd where I had just missed a 230 kilo squat. So like... And that's like missing after giving it a really good try. So it's like, it's a very intense, like very peak experience. Just dumped it forward, big bang, stand up. And this guy goes, tell you what, mate, never trust a garage. I'm like, what? Like, what? what? Never trust a what? Never trust a garage. And then he just tells me for five minutes this story about how he had a bad experience with the garage. And like his mate. His mate's a mechanic and his brother owns a garage. And I was just like, fucking hell, like I'm just coming. I, I've almost lost consciousness. Stand up bloke that's just got off the phone with a garage and just wants to just vent to some tell first someone. person he sees. And I was near him. See, this is what I mean. We should, it's the sort of thing we should keep a list really of. Really elaborate on, yeah. But you need a link to the video of, of you. Well, just, put, just send it to me. Dean, it, Dean. It was another... unlisted for ages and I made him, un, I made him list it. Okay, what's on the one thirty? Okay, so Dean, it'll be on there. If you want to go and see that, just watch it on YouTube. One thirty. Oh, Yusuf's Yusuf's found the video link and put it in Alfred. immediately. Alfred is in Alfred. What's the? What do you search for in Alfred? Leave it. <laughs> <laughs> leave it. Leave it. I'm so excited for you to watch it, Chris. I'm I'm really really it's excited. Like, it's like oh. uh, best app for tracking compound lifts. Gravitas. He's just going to say heavy set, and he really believes he's right, but he's wrong. Depend- it's <laughs> yeah, it, de- it depends on you. So um, for Johnny, if you're period, if you're following a periodized program, gravitas. If you're just aiming for total volume, heavy set. Right. Um, <laughs> gravitas does an RPE-based tracking as well, which is quite oh, unique. That's clever. So like you track the RPE. It can't be free. There's a free version, and it gives you loads of analytics. So like you say, I did. 100 kilos for five at a nine, it calculates your estimated one rep max, then tracks your estimated one rep max over time. I'm going to download Gravitas. You've opened I'm the sure loop. Ha- You've opened the sure loop. Sure, I have in the past, but really, really opened the loop. Is that just to tell me I'm wrong and that heavy sets better? No, I, I'm I'm an open-minded guy. I, you know, um, I, I, I'll try it. You got a fly? Yeah. Um, big, big, like, oh, what do you want kind of fly as well? <laughs> <laughs> what's that from? What's the uh, you want? Alex talking about a bumblebee in his, in his room. Well, <laughs> 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 there was someone trying to break in and he scared them off by going, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I speak like I'm... One of the Mitchell brothers from EastEnders, they won't, they won't break in. Yeah. I've they just won't... remembered some more life fails. I'm going to have to just write this down right, while we're um, here. Favourite slash most used hack ever. And first thing you're all doing straight after lockdown. First thing I'm going to do is pick up a barbell because I'm fucking sick of dumbbells. I've only got dumbbells in the house and I'm so, so sick of them. I really just want to do a standing strict press or a bench press. 
Like, they're just such nice movements. It's interesting that that's the thing you've got a craving for. Like an overhead press. It's desperate. I really, really just want to do an overhead press. To do a bench press. I think doing a standing straight press is just an embracing of, like, the simple pleasures in life. It's just just so nice and simple. You can't mess it up. The overhead press. Dehova, Dehova head. What are you doing? First thing you're all doing straight after lockdown? First thing you're doing after lockdown, Johnny? I don't know. I would have said, like, go for dinner. We did like, it. go to a restaurant, but we've done it now. So mm. I'll go back to lockdown. Well, maybe we did it. Yeah, fuck it. We can go back in for another six months. Seth, anything? Or if it was it? Dinner was actually probably, like, super, super high on my... And last night was, last night was like, four hours. We were, like, the, last, the final people in there as the cleaners were coming in around mm-hmm. us. That's the thing I've really missed, just being able to spend time with lots of people. I, I mean, I hosted a barbecue yesterday, so that was a... You had a very, very social... Your social quota for July is finished already, isn't it? Just used up, yeah. yeah. Done. Uh, Favourite slash most used hack ever. Phone outside of the bedroom for me. Like, it's the biggest change in life quality uh, immediately, I think. Maybe speed up trackpad as well for digital stuff. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, put your trackpad speed at 100% and, and just watch your life change. Have we talked about the fact that there's a patch you can get that allows you to take Extended, it up a new spectrum? Better, better touch tool, isn't it? Maybe better touch tool. There's a, yeah. There's like, it, it's, it's, it's not done by percentages either, isn't it? It's just like some arbitrary descriptor. Logarithmic. Very, very, very fast. Like, are you sure this has permanent consequences? <laughs> Well, what, it's like, if you put it too fast, you actually can't then disable it because every time you try and get the button to, oh, okay, this, it does do have it. permanent consequences. Oh, what so that you you wouldn't be able to move your finger a smaller distance? <laughs> You've made the trackpad not not need to be this big anymore, but it's just that's that big because that's all it's really doing, isn't it? Frightening. Uh, Frightening. F- favorite slash most used hack ever, Johnny? I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> Alfred. Nice. It's probably it's something like that, yeah. It, it's all, the best ones are always, as you said, Chris, they're always the ones you forget that you do. Because so, it's so installed. Making your own fizzy water. Fizzy water. That's, to be honest, that's been a big upgrade. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what's, what's your most listened back to episode? Have you ever listened back to <clears throat> much of the Modern Wisdom stuff that we've done? Yeah. It's always the ones that have funny moments in it, and I can remember. So, like the business one hundred and one, oh, I think God, one of the entire series. Was I think the business one hundred and one is one of the funniest episodes we've done because all of the little little itty bitty stories come out, like the batteries. Um, <laughs> it's all, it's when it's when we do a podcast and Yusuf says something that we didn't know about Yusuf, and it's something really. So, like the Mortal Kombat thing, brilliant. I didn't know you did that. You have so a problem multifaceted. with multifaceted. Yeah, it's like a thing that like you probably think about like once a fortnight and have no idea. Yeah. So that one. Yeah. Sometimes. But it's a bit weird, isn't it, listening back to yourself. Like it's a bit it's a bit strange. So someone linked to me the other day to a Tim Ferris article where he talks about he listened back to every podcast <laughs> that he did and wrote down all of the vocal tics and superfluous language that he used. Mm-hmm. And that's something i do a bit i have to because there's no one quality control checking the audio on my end so i have to kind of at least listen in part to every episode just to make sure that i haven't forgotten something that mm-hmm. there was a connection dropout or something happened or whatever 
So I listen back a fair bit, but being more deliberate with that would probably be better for making me a, a more efficient podcaster. Um, we're coming toward the end of my questions now. Greatest quote that you've applied to your life in a positive way from Jay Gibson. Everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, but nobody wants to lift no heavy ass. So much depth in that mm. quote. It's incredible. Yeah. Ronald He's in light, isn't he? Ron Coleman. Yeah. R.com. Coleman. Have you listened to him on Joe Rogan? No. He just went on Rogan the other week. Oh, really? He's a. Woo! I mean, he's ahead of his time. Anyone who can who can approach seven hundred pounds on a barbell and not take it seriously is in, in a yellow banana suit as well. Hero. I, I think people just don't people don't appreciate the state of mind that someone has to be in to not take that seriously. To get under seven hundred solid ass pounds while sh- while screaming, shouting. Woo! Death pound. And like, he's just, it's fantastic. What a hero that man is. I'm doing two. I'm doing two. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, any more questions that you guys have got on your side that you think are good ones that we could finish on? We've got quite a lot, so I think we might need to do a separate one. Because otherwise, this podcast will go more than two hours. Seven, 75 hours. How do you come up with affirmations? find them so cheesy, hard to make them meaningful. Oh, on the six-minute diary, yeah, that's a... So I'm actually doing the um, love yourself like your life depends on it process from Kamal Ravikant at the moment. I've done that this year. So every day I've come up with a reason why I'm happy with myself, proud of myself, as opposed to it being a positive affirmation about something. You're still having a nightmare with that fly, aren't you, Yusuf? I think you were just doing a quick internal rotation test, external rotation test. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Still there. Thought so. Thought I had four range. Just checking. Um, but it is, it is challenging. I know, like, writing, doing daily gratitude can, you end up sort of falling into thought loops. But I suppose that's part of the reason. It's to get yourself out of that. It's to work out whether or not you actually do have multiple areas multiple things that you can sort of use is this the gratitude section or is this the affirmation line so the affirmation line i think but just the whole thing like i do i just do i i think like um i can't remember who i read this from you're like a self-audit like try and pick out your weaknesses or like things you want to improve about yourself and then just your affirmation is just the opposite of the thing that you like you just consistently tell yourself that you are like organized or whatever and just try try that and watch that thing what's mental is if you if you consistently do that, the thing that you are trying to influence does actually change, and that's the thing that I cannot get my head around. Like I think affirmations are like watery and don't really do anything, but if you consistently do one that's the same thing and target one thing, I guarantee you it improves it. That's there's two approaches in the six minute diary, isn't there? There's one of them that's like the the spread effect, and the other that's like the chisel effect or something like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's the chisel effect you're talking about. You just keep hammering away on the same one. The same thing, yeah. Look, we are you're right. We're nearly two hours in. Thank you to everyone that submitted questions. Sorry if we didn't get to yours. Um, we'll might do it on the Patreon. Might try and um, finish it up on the Patreon and throw some other stuff up there. Gents, two hundred episodes, man. Two hundred. We made it. Fucking hell. Two hundred whole episodes. What a journey. That's mental. Uh, we look thank you everyone that supports the show uh, I love you to bits thank you for all tuning in 300 episodes will come in absolutely no time if you've got any suggestions for stuff that you want to hear series that you want us to do I know that people want us to restart the relationships one more business principles life fails um, how to survive after uni um, but just keep you know we we need ideas desperately 
and 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 food. So send us either of those. Send us food mm. or ideas or both. Fizzy water. I like fizzy water. Fizzy or, water. or coffee. Coffee and fizzy water, just not together. Separate, I, I've been drinking this uh, 80-20 cold brew stuff. This stuff's pretty fucking good. It looks a bit nitro, that. It looks a bit strong. No, so they they do a nitro version, but it's... Oh, do they? Yeah, that's not. That's the original. Nitro's right. a bit... Meanwhile, Yusuf has, has gone out to the nearest sort of puddle and scooped up some puddle water and he's drinking that. <laughs> Yusuf looked at a coffee... T- a, you still haven't finished it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wow. Look, thank you everyone for tuning in. Propanefitness.com slash modern wisdom. If you are an online coach who's looking to pivot your business and uh, if you're a coach who's looking to pivot to online and propanefitness.com slash calculator. If you just want to get some macros, did I get it right? You did. Hey, hey, hey. it might be the first time as well. 200 episodes. And finally I got the post roll correct. Look, thank you everyone for tuning in. I love you all. 200 episodes is fucking amazing achievement. Shout out to Video Guy Dean, who is not here, but he will be doing the edit behind the scenes. Okay. Goodbye. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.